It's the Two Girls and a Bottle of Wine podcast, and I'm Janet Blair. Each week, I sit down with one of my girlfriends, whether it be Amber, Teresa, Natalie, Carrie, Ashley, Tara, Stephanie. We talk about whatever. We completely restore this trailer, you know, fry people's faces off as a bad Mexican. I don't understand the competition that goes on between women. Two girls and a bottle of wine. Over a glass of wine, bottle of wine, or sometimes a couple bottles of wine. Join in on Facebook at facebook.com slash two girls and a bottle of wine. Don't miss us. <laughs> Hello, I'm Janet. And I'm Amber. And we are two, two girls, girls and a bottle of wine. wine. Because men like boobs. And girls like wine. And today on Two Girls and a Bottle of Wine, we are going to be talking with best-selling women's fiction author, Kara Ruda. She has spent the last decade writing novels that explore what's behind the closed doors of seemingly perfect lives. And this fall, Ruda is, has released one of the best books of the year called The Best Day Ever. The novel has been praised by Pop Sugar, Good Housekeeping, Publishers Weekly, Hello, and more. Ruda is the founder of Real Living, the first female-focused brand in real estate that launched in Columbus, Ohio. She is the recipient of the Stevie Woman in Business Best Entrepreneur Award, Entrepreneur Magazine's 50 Fastest Growing Women-Led Businesses, and was named one of Forbes' Top 50 Women in Business to Follow on Twitter. So let's welcome Kara Ruda. Three different time zones, and I think when I put things on my calendar, I didn't remember to do that change for time zone oh, thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, I've yeah, done that. So sorry. Yes, no problem. So um, I'm Janet, and I also have my my co-host Amber here with me. Hey, Kara. Hi, Amber. Hi. <laughs> sorry for the confusion. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> okay, good. Well, um, so I um, had the opportunity to listen to your your book, The Best Day Ever, yesterday through Audible. Um, thank goodness for that. I was able to binge listen. Um, so oh, I'm so excited to talk to you about this book. So very yeah, excited. I'm so, yeah. And, and how did you, I love the narrator's voices when yes. they played them for me. Yeah. As an audition. Yeah. Did you like them? I really, I really did. It was, okay, good. um, so most of the book is told through the eyes of Paul. Um, and I'll ask you why in a few minutes, but then that last chapter switching to Mia, I was like, what? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm Amber is in the the middle of reading the actual book, so I'm interested yes. to see what that feels like when reading from going from the Paul to Mia, um, right? Perspective. So I guess why did you why did you have the story mainly told through Paul's eyes? When I um, I was in the middle of another manuscript when Paul just kind of popped into my head and <laughs> seriously like hello and I so I started writing his story and it never occurred to me that it would be any other perspective or point of view because he was so strong and so I mean really actually was like a full person popping into your head <laughs> which is kind of scary because he's kind of creepy yes very narcissistic <laughs> yes very. So would you say that that's he was your favorite character to write, or did you have another character that you enjoyed writing for Best Day Ever? Yeah, I mean, he he's he was definitely fun, and I know people think that that sounds awful because he is an awful person, but in a way, it's kind of freeing to have this um, really bad guy trying to convince you that he's not that bad all along. <laughs> so I think I had the most fun with him. I also had to keep track of um, his lies because I'm, I don't plot things out, but... <laughs> I could tell when he when he was unveiling himself that, you know, he'd mentioned something like green beans. And you knew that there was a reason he was mentioning it, and then it would come back around, but I was never sure why. So I just jot down, like, why is he talking about green beans? <laughs> so it was it was kind of fun. 
And the fact that throughout the the story, he's talking to the audience, like, you know, the things he says, well, you already know that about me. It it was just like, whoa, I feel like I'm sitting here, especially listening through Audible. I'm like, I feel like I'm sitting here listening to a friend talk to me, which creeps me out (laughs) because I hopefully don't have friends like that. (laughs) Right. I didn't even think about that with the audio. Yeah, it would be like he was just talking. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because he really wants you to like him, as you know. Yes, because he is the best guy in the whole world. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the most successful. Absolutely. So um, <laughs> I, I feel like we, we probably should start off, you know, rewind. Uh, what is the synopsis of the book? Um, and this is your opportunity to kind of sell it to our listeners as, you know, a brief storyline and why they should run out and pick up their copy right now. Right now, hurry. Um, the okay, so here the story about best day ever is the story of Paul and Mia Strom, and they have the perfect suburban life, and they have two kids, a beautiful home. He's an ex- successful advertising executive, and she's the perfect stay-at-home mom. And the only problem is they haven't been spending that much time together recently. He's been so busy with other things. And Mia's been a little under the weather. So he, Paul proposes a trip to their lakeside cottage, just the two of them, and promises the first day of their drive will be the best day ever. And so Mia agrees. And they, as, you, as the story opens, they're in the car heading to their romantic weekend getaway. And it's really hard to talk about this story without giving things I know. away. <laughs> so I usually have to stop about there and say that things are not what they seem. And um, he may have uh, other intentions in mind. Gotcha. Yes. And yes, that's a great place to start or stop because yeah. I, I did the same thing. I'm like, oh, I got it. Nope. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> I know. It's hard. It's really hard. It is. And the whole story takes place in 24 hours, which I think it's kind of makes it fun. It, it accelerates the pace too, hopefully. Yes. Yeah. Because you, you're starting at, you know, 11 a.m. chapter, you know, one, and then it progresses. That was that was very well laid out. Very well oh, done. thanks. Yeah, I had fun doing that, too, because he's very fast and he wants to keep you moving. So maybe he can distract you a bit. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I hadn't. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So what inspired you to write Best Day Ever, a novel that kind of focuses on the theme of domestic suspense? I, you know, I don't really know where it's so funny because I, I love it when inspiration strikes and the, it's both like it's wonderful and magical and then you don't really know where it came from. I mean, I would say that Paul came through from a series of bad bosses I've had over the years. He's definitely, <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely hear their voices in some of the things he says. Um, so thank you guys. And yeah, but I don't I don't know where other than that that he came into my mind. Hmm. Okay. Speaking of bad bosses, because I, I know we can all relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would you say is, has been the worst trait when it comes to previous bosses that may have contributed to, to Paul a little bit? Yeah. You know, I think what it is, is it's kind of that um, uh, master of the universe orientation and whether it's narcissism or um, just, about control. That's kind of the trait that I, I think that I carried with me after surviving different bad bosses. So it's just that kind of um, dominance and everything and, and micromanaging things and kind of feeling superior to everyone that you can see. <laughs> and that, that kind of trait is, is, is definitely Paul has that in spades. Definitely. So 
you know, you kind of talked about, you just mentioned dominance. And dominance mm-hmm. does tend to be a theme in other domestic suspenses, such as, you know, the girl on the train or the silent wife, some of those other things that are in our entertainment today. What do you think makes the theme of domestic suspense so popular in literature? I know it's it's hard, it, whether it's um, an escape, I think it's, uh, it's good, you know, it's a good, they're good entertaining stories and they're escape um, stories or escapist. But I also think maybe um, at the end, if you look at them, it's also about uh, women <laughs> overcoming this kind of thing. So there's hopefully a hopeful message in, or at least a thread of inspiration in, in a lot of these as well. So it's kind of, it's a, it's a mix, right? So it's, um, you know, somebody in peril and then hopefully rising above and, and getting away. And I, I don't know why they're so popular right now. I've always read suspense. I've always been a fan of um, domestic suspense, which I consider like things that happen in the suburbs <laughs> have always intrigued me because I'm like a product of the suburbs. So I've, I've always been, I don't know, fascinated by the notion of what goes on behind closed doors because everybody seems to think that the next door neighbor's life is better than, than theirs and they yeah. must have it perfect. They never fight. They never do this. So in a, in a other way of looking at it is this is a look taking a look at a really bad next door neighbor yes. <laughs> in that respect. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that you brought up a good point in regards to the power that you're giving to the women in this book. And, um, you know, earlier in some of your other writings, you had a lot that kind of went underneath the romance and women's fiction umbrella. So what inspired yes. you to kind of switch to this mystery and suspense? Well, you know, it's funny because I started out, my first novel I wrote was All the Difference, and it is actually a suspense. It's not, I guess it's domestic suspense, but it has a, a murder running around in it, and it's, you know, there's three <laughs> female characters, <laughs> and it's set in the suburbs, so that that was actually my first book, but my first novel that was published was called The Goodbye Year, and it's definitely more of a women's fiction take on a midlife crisis, but you will find even in, in my take on women's fiction there's a lot of darkness in there too <laughs> which you know have these happy covers with you know flowers and rocking chairs and light blue but if you actually read the stories and I was going back and looking at them I'm like oh wow this one had like attempted rape and you know anorexia and I mean there's some darker themes that are brought up all the way through and I don't know I guess it's just the tempo and the tone is a little lighter mm-hmm. but this the the caring about issues that happen to women in the suburbs and in life are definitely woven throughout. Wow. That, I guess I didn't realize that all the difference and goodbye year were some of your first published books. Yeah. Well, the goodbye year was the last one before okay. uh, best day ever. And it was probably the darkest of all my women's fiction. Maybe Ooh. I just keep getting darker and darker. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I'll have I to read know. that one next. Cause that okay, sounds, yeah, I, think I love the mystery it's, and suspense. Yeah, I do too. And and all the difference you'll like if you like um, kind of Black Widow stories. And no. then um, uh, The Goodbye Year is more, I guess, more classical women's fiction, but it definitely it deals with, it kind of switches perspective between um, a, a kid who's graduating high school and the mom who's about to be an empty nester. But there's some other dark themes in there too. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Going darker. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, have you always wanted to be an author? Yeah, pretty much always. I remember in third grade, the teacher saying, write to somebody that you want to be like someday or what's the career you want to have. And we were living in Boston at the time, and I was a huge fan of Robert McCloskey, who writes 
um, make way for ducklings and blueberries for Sal. And so I jotted off like little Kara jotted off a letter to him and uh, oh. he wrote back actually, which oh, is so awesome. awesome. And he said, Oh, thank you, Kara, for writing. I'm actually not an author. I, I consider myself an illustrator, but good luck with that. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> like, oh, drats. I picked the wrong role model, but I, not really. I think he's also a storyteller. Just, <laughs> he considers himself an illustrator. So yeah, so from way back when, but I also, as I grew older, I also was um, really intrigued with the notion of advertising world and I love Bewitched and mm-hmm. <laughs> I always wanted to be Darren Stevens, which is funny, her husband, yes. <laughs> but he had like a really cool job. So it was either um, writing or Darren Stevens. So my whole career was kind of a mixture of both. Very interesting. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that because um, you're, are you a full-time author now? I am. We um, sold our company. My husband and I started a residential real estate firm and franchise back in like the 2000s. That was kind of my last corporate job and grew it and then enjoyed the real estate crash. That was fun. Mm. And then um, ended up selling it, uh, which was nice and and great. And so at that point, I had written a book for women entrepreneurs called Real You Incorporated, Eight Essentials for Women Entrepreneurs. And I'd been touring the country speaking about that book. And it's, you know, talking to women groups, mostly about putting your passion into action and you know, there's never a better time to start your second, you know, job, even if it's on the side. And then I looked around, I'm like, okay, Kara, you've always wanted to write a novel. So get back in the saddle. So <laughs> that's when I started. So the first novel came out here, Home Hope in 2011. Awesome. And now I've been a full-time writer since then. And you, you sold your business thanks to a tweet. Did I read that? Yeah, isn't that funny? Okay, that's not all that goes into it, okay. but um, we had, you know, because, you know, whenever, whatever industry you're in, you build up relationships and contacts, you know, across the board. But uh, a company called Brookfield out of Canada, and this was way back in before the real estate crash, but um, they had purchased the GMAC network of franchises, which was big, you know, through like the Midwest and everything. And GMAC, they had to change the name. And we had started a company called Real Living. And so we had this brand that was just starting and gaining steam. And they had a whole franchise system of real estate offices that they needed to change the name to. So I sent a tweet to the president of their company and said, hey, you have a new system that needs a name. And we have a great name that needs more franchises. And kind of that's how he wrote back, you're right, let's talk, which was so cool. So that's kind of how it started. Awesome. That yeah, explains I'm, why you're on Forbes's top 50 women to follow on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was funny because that also came about um, during the time when I had that women's um, kind of women's empowerment book about, you know, uh, women entrepreneurs, too. So I, I was doing a lot of talks and yeah, that kind of all coincided at the same time. So with your initiative to kind of build women up and um, have them be able to realize them real, their real selves and do what they want to do for I myself actually just started a blog. And so I'm just kind of getting into the writing. So for other aspiring authors that are possibly listening to this, what would be your one writing tip for them? Yeah, and I, I think people probably say this a lot, but I, I find that the key to writing is to just do it. Because I've, I run into a lot of people who say, oh, I've got this idea for a great story, but I'm not sure what to do. And they're like, well, why don't you sit down and write it? <laughs> That's the key. And the more writing you do, the better you get at it, the more you find out what kind you like to write. And all of that, I think that's, that would be my number one thing is just sit down and do it because that's, that's the battle until you have a finished draft or until you, you get your blog going, you don't, 
I mean, you can sit there and think about it, but you just need to produce content and content's key today. So just keep going and write. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really good message because I know for myself starting the blog, you know, I have another job and I have a social light. Like I had a really hard time trying to find trying to find the time to just sit down and write. I have all these ideas and I put down little notes, but I never actually always get it into the actual writing process. Right. And once you start it, then you kind of you you, you don't want to let yourself down. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. Okay, I made a commitment. I'm going to do this and I'm not going to be worried about what, how the reception is. I'm just going <laughs> to do it because I've always wanted to do it. And this is my dream. And if I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? Yeah, I love that. So do you have any type of ritual that you do before you start writing? No, not really. But I don't, I hate starting before like noon. I, I'll do like marketing things and all that kind of stuff. But I really am more of an afternoon, evening writer. I'm just not a morning person. <laughs> so, <laughs> if, I, if I'm up here writing in the morning, that would mean that I was on deadline and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite place that you like to go? Because for me, I know I like to, I, I am a little bit more of a morning person. So I like to head on over to Starbucks with my little laptop and kind of sit down and write there. Is that something similar that you do? Yeah, you know, I've always been like an office writer. So I I really have carved out whether it's part of our bedroom, literally in most places we've lived or now I'm really lucky I have this upstairs office and I have an ocean view. I'm so excited. Oh, and, that must be um, amazing. It's so fun. And because <laughs> it's always been my dream, like all this yes. stuff. And so um, anyway, so I like to write up here. So that's where I'm talking to you from as well. But it's to me going to I'm like an, I'm also a former reporter. So if you plot me in a Starbucks, I'm going to be listening to everybody's conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't help myself. It's like comes in my ear and then it sticks. I mean, and, and my daughter's like, just put headphones on. Like, no, you don't understand. Avery. I'm there to listen at that point because she's a writer, too. And she's always at coffee shop. Mom, get out of your office. I just can't do it. So anyway, I'm way better off up here by myself. <laughs> Easily distracted. That makes that would totally be me. I'd be like getting into yeah. other people's lives. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean that's what you do when you write craft uh-huh. story, right? <laughs> and also as a, as a past journalist, like I said, I mean I can read upside down. I can, you know, I'm like <laughs> right. just a snoop. <laughs> yeah. And you had so mentioned yeah. earlier that Paul kind of came into your head. Can you, are you just out and about living, and the stories are constantly <laughs> developing in your brain? And if so, how do you track that? Yeah, I hope they are. I mean, they percolate kind of on the, um, gosh, in the, I don't know where they're living, but there are like some people back there right now. (laughs) (laughs) I I sound completely crazy, but, uh, so, but it's not their time right now because I have a revision due. So I have to kind of push them away. So I don't necessarily write them down because I I don't want to ruin their development right now. (laughs) Right. <laughs> it all sounds so crazy. But um, yeah, I definitely have some other people uh, percolating. Very nice. So, you know, what else are you working? What are you working on next then? Yeah, so I, I have a two book uh, deal with the publisher Graydon House, which was really fun because um, they uh, had Best Day Ever help launch their Graydon House imprint, uh, which is an imprint of HarperCollins. And so that was a really fun experience. And so the book two will, I think they are planning on it for like winter of 2019. So I am working on that. And yeah, so that's my revision time right now. Awesome. And so we've kind of talked a lot about your author side. I'm just kind of curious, can you tell us a little bit about what you do in your spare time for fun that isn't related to writing? 
Sure. I have uh, four kids. They're grown-ups now. <laughs> so I like to try to get their attention whenever possible. I'm really la- <laughs> lucky they all live pretty close by. Three are in L.A. and one's in Newport Beach and I'm in Laguna Beach. So, um, oh, and I'm finally living at the beach. So if I can oh. go down there and take a beach walk, I'm super happy. And yeah, my husband, um, we've been married forever, and he's now decided to run for Congress. So that's taking oh, wow. a bit of time as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, that's been interesting. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, you know, until you know somebody who's running or have gone through it yourself, it's, it's been a really amazing, um, enlightening experience. So he's working hard at that, and I try to support him whenever I can. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Politics. Ooh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll just leave it at that right. way. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it's too bad that it's like that. I mean, and that's the thing. It's, it's just like that. It's just, it's a very mean, it's a very mean industry. <laughs> I just got back from uh where was I? Oh, VoucherCon in um, Toronto, which is the mystery and suspense crime writers kind of gathering, which I'd never been to before. It was really fun. And just, you know, so fun meeting other authors. Everybody's so supportive. And I can't imagine going to like, um, political thing like that everybody be like looking at each other sideways oh and stabbing in the back when you weren't <laughs> that's how I'd imagine it just a lot different <laughs> just a lot different. there's a lot of polls in politics yeah <laughs> yeah they really are so when your country's so divided right now so it's oh, just yes. it's yeah. really hard I can yeah. imagine so yeah when you're not writing do you have time to read and if so what are some recent books that you would recommend I know. I've, yeah, I'm a. I love to read. I also can't read while I'm writing, like if I'm mid project. So I did have a chance because I've been traveling around to read uh, a lot of books lately, which has been fun. And they're all kind of now. I'm going to jumble everybody up, but I've been reading pretty heavily in suspense. It's so cool when you're an author. People send you their books and say, "Can you read this?" I'm like, "Of course, I love it." <laughs> so okay, a really good one is. I'm just going to look at my little stack right here. So a really great one is called The Girlfriend by Michelle France and it's she's a UK author but it's really good and really creepy so I don't know if it's out here yet but when it is definitely and I love Paula Hawkins so into the water sitting right here and oh Unraveling Oliver I don't know if you guys have heard, oh, of, that I've never heard of that that one's really good it's kind of he's a little bit like Paul and but in my character but he doesn't he, yeah, but I can't talk about it because I'll give it away. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> All of these books, let's see. And I just finished Little Fires Everywhere. What a beautiful story. That's um, That was really well told and has creepiness in it as well. But it's, it's yeah. So um, those are top of my head books that I just I just finished. Well, perfect, because I am obsessed with FBI, uh, oh my gosh, I can't talk, FBI thrillers and crime suspenses, and I'm really just kind of getting into the psychological thrillers. Oh, okay, yeah, so you're kind of switching over genres, yeah. Yeah. And I know, and I think there's there's that element of them all. I was learning about all the different categories of crime, actually, at this conference, because I had no idea there were so many different <laughs> subgenres. I'm like, wow, what do you write? Cozy Mysteries. I'm like, what is that? I didn't even know about that. But anyway, so yeah, it is, it's fun. It's a whole, it's a whole wide world of suspense and crime out there. Oh, yeah. I know. Every time I go, because I read on my Kindle, so every time I go to, like, look for a book, it's, like, mystery thriller, and you go to that category, and, like, 10 other things drop down, and I'm like, I don't know what any of those are. Oh, so yeah. It's always yeah, a little confusing. It's overwhelming. It is. It is. Yeah. It is overwhelming. I know. And when you've been writing through the eyes of someone as dark as Paul Strom, do you find that you have to kind of stop and step away and, like, 
detach so that you can find that balance yeah. in life. Exist. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's kind of like a work-life balance, but in a totally different perspective than the rest of us. Right. He, I, I would say that he was, you know, like a pretty omnipresent. And so while I was writing the first draft, that's usually like when they're the close, your characters are the closest to you, at least for me. And so he, yeah, he, he would be present in my life, <laughs> whatever I was doing, you know, like you're out to dinner and Paul's like, telling me it's time to go, you know, I'm gonna go right, you know, that kind of thing, which is again, weird, but um, yeah. I, so I think it's to me right now when you're the draft is there and it's done, everything calms down a little bit, but definitely when I'm in the first draft of writing it, that's when it makes it harder to have that work-life balance for me. How many drafts of best day ever did you have? Oh golly. Um, well, one draft, and then I just write all the way through, and then I'll go back. And so, I don't know, probably once it got with my editor, who's great, she had a lot of insights, too. So I don't know how many rounds we went, but maybe three or four. Okay. How long did it take you to write Best Day Ever? Best Day Ever? Um, gosh, I want to say, like, three months. It oh, my came gosh. It really fast. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was it was a fun one. <laughs> Yay. I was expecting yeah. you to be like a year, year and a half. That's yeah. Well, I should say that actually. It's two years. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. A labor but, of I mean, love. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, love. the funny part is, is the as my my friend who uh, represents artists um, all over the world, like painters and fine art world, she says the answer to that is all your life because all of your experiences go into what you're working on. So I could say all my life or three months. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> Both great answers. Yeah. <laughs> what would you, what are the three words that you would choose to describe best day ever? Mm. Creepy. <laughs> um, uh, gosh, okay, let's see. I would say creepy, uh, hopefully fast paced and tense. Ooh, those are good ones. Okay, good. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't had that question before. So I'm like, oh, that's a good question. I don't know. We uh, like to put people on the spot here. And is yeah, there yeah, any, no, that's good. Is there any advice that you could give um, to someone that maybe as they're reading Best Day Ever, Paul starts to remind them of their significant other? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I know. And, that, and that, again, it's hard to uh, say without giving it away. But I would say that if you... Um, do you find yourself in a Paul situation? The best thing to do would be to always get away, mm-hmm. you know? Definitely. Um, yeah. And um, it's not always easy. <laughs> it's not always, <laughs> yeah, obvious, but that it, it does seem like that would be the best course of action. All right. Wonderful. Well, um, I, where can people find you? Your, uh, your social media, you're kind of everywhere. But yeah, I'm. <laughs> that's great. On the present, yes. <laughs> so yeah, I love social media. I don't know why, but I was an early adopter to a lot of a lot of the platforms, and I really still like Twitter and Instagram. I love, and the, you'll find me by my name. So it's Kara Ruda, K A I R A, and then. R-O-U-D-A, a lot of vowels, but it's Ruda like Gouda. <laughs> and so I'm there. I'm also on Pinterest and, oh gosh, Facebook. I'm at Kara Ruda Books. And then online, just on my website, is com. Excellent. Is there anything else that our listeners need to know about you before before we wrap this up? 
Let me wrap it up. Well, I'm excited that you listened to the audiobook because I haven't talked to um, people that as many people have read or listened to the audio as they had the book. So I'm glad that you got a, a creepy feeling from it too. Yes, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad. So that sums it up. <laughs> All right, wonderful. Well, thank you, Kara, so much for being on the podcast today, and we wish you nothing but the best with your future books and your current book. And reach out anytime if you want to collaborate with Two Girls and a Bottle of Wine again. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really, really had fun talking to you guys. <laughs> All right, great. Thank well, you. happy Sunday and have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you. You guys, too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. You found us once, but can you find us again? Make sure and check out our website at twogirlsandabottleofwine.com. You can listen to us on Podbean, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher. All of our links can be found on Tumblr and Blogspot. Thanks, and we'll see you again soon.